A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. So day three at Wimbledon has just about come to a close. It is 9.30pm. I'm standing on the broadcast roof at Wimbledon and it's been a funny old day. We've actually had some rain, first of all, which I, I wasn't expecting. And we're under very angry grey skies just at the moment with just one or two little TV crews, lights illuminating presenters here on the broadcast roof and the sun having set over to our right. And yes, we might get very wet very soon so i think what we need to do is start talking about the day of tennis we've had my name is david law this is the tennis podcast brought to you in association with the telegraph and sponsored by amazon prime video the new home of the u.s open from next month and i'm joined today by charlie eccleshare from the telegraph and charlie i don't quite know how to sum up today it's just been a weird old day after the euphoria of last night in great britain because of the england football team's penalty shootout win uh Today, it's all been about the tennis because there's been no football, but it feels almost as though tennis hasn't quite been able to step up to the plate, drama-wise. Yeah, it's been a weird day. Sort of, a, to use a footballing cliche, a day of two halves. We had the uh, the sunny um, first half and then it deteriorated afterwards and seemingly out of nowhere. Um, I was on court three covering Vavrinka and um, yeah, all of a sudden it just started pouring and then, yeah, that was that. Yeah, that was that. I mean, the, the the big story is Caroline Wozniacki's out, second seed, and somebody who's won a Grand Slam this year. So I think those two factors make you think, oh, big upset. And there's so many seeds that have gone out. She's the, the highest profile sort of numbers-wise. And yet at the same time, she's lost to a player in Ekaterina Makarova who's beaten a lot of players on this sort of stage before. And Wozniacki has never even reached a quarterfinal in all the years that she's been coming here. So while it's a shock, it doesn't actually feel to me that big a shock. Yeah, I mean, I was in Eastbourne last week and Wozniacki looked in great shape, you know, won there and, um, you know, was moving really well. And she's got a really good record at Eastbourne. It's a, it's a real curiosity, which I asked her about why that is that she's done so well there and always struggled at Wimbledon. And she did not take it well. She, uh, she <laughs> I think the uh, journalist term is bristled uh, in response. She can bristle. She's quite a good bristler. Oh, she was bristling with the best of them. She basically said, you know, you think it's that easy? Why don't you try and do it? <laughs> I was going to say, well, you know, give me a go. You know, I actually would only have lost 
one round uh, earlier. So, yeah, that would have been I, interesting. I actually quite like the fact that... Did, hold on, was this conversation last week or tonight? Last week. Right, well, she's had a few things to say tonight as well. I mean, to, to put it into perspective, first of all, just about the match. She played against Makarova. It was it was shaping up to be another one of those Wozniacki fightbacks, wasn't it? Because we had one of those at the Australian Open when she was 5-1 down against Jana Fett. Uh, match points down, somehow won that second round match, ended up winning the title. Here, she was 5-1 down against Makarova. Then she was 3-5, love 40 down, and somehow managed to break back. And you started to think, hold on a minute, this, this, this is Wozniacki's territory right now. You could see Makarova getting a little bit tight out there. But she just kept on going for it and got the win. Now, afterwards, the gist of what Wozniacki said was, look, she went for everything. She went all in, were her words, about Makarova. And she went for everything, and it all came off. I'd be very surprised if you saw her go far here. Which, I mean, is a dynamite quote, but, you know, not one that has endeared her to certain people around, I would suggest. Yeah, it's a pretty punchy thing to say, you know, bringing someone down when they've just had you know, a great win. But that is Makarova. She does do that. Um, there's a stat going around that only the Williams sisters and Sharapova have more wins against top 10 players of active players um, at Grand Slams, which kind of tells you a bit she does have that sort of all-or-nothing game. But yeah, that's a, it's a bit catty from Wozniacki, isn't it? You know, it's, and, it's, and it's almost saying... It was a one in a million chance that she was going to pull this off, you know, which... What do you think, though? I mean, do you, do you listen to that and think, oh, that's not very nice? Or do you think, oh, that's a good quote. I, I'm, I'm in here. This is, a good, this is a good page lead. Oh, definitely the latter. And also, I like it because that I can empathise because that's probably how I would be. So it's nice to see uh, them say what they really think because, let's be honest, you know... Tennis is an immensely frustrating sport, even just as an amateur, let alone if you're a professional, how galling it must be when you lose matches that you don't think you should. I think it's great. We want to hear, we want to hear that from every player. Right then, players, they hear it. Charlie Eccleshare wants to hear more Caroline Wozniacki whinging after <laughs> defeats. Uh, so that happened. And, um, yeah, it, it, she also got a bit irritated as a few people did by the rise of the flying ants which <laughs> seems to happen on the third day of this tournament every year now it's become a bit of a thing it's flying ants day and if you haven't seen this basically thousands of insects halfway through this match suddenly just found their way into court number one and just started landing on Wozniacki to which point she went up to the umpire and basically seemed to think that the umpire should be producing some industrial sized fly spray to get rid of them all yeah, it, I think that as well hasn't endeared her to a lot of people. It felt a little bit like an act of desperation. She was then complaining about the rain. So I think that, you know, didn't go down too well. Especially as it was one, it's just one of these bizarre things that you kind of, I think, just have to deal with. And it, I remember last year it being this huge thing as well. And suddenly this afternoon there was a kind of murmur going around as uh, the ants reappeared. And I was saying, oh Christ, it's National Ant Day, Flying Ant Day again. It's a natural thing, apparently. <laughs> it's a funny old thing, and they only last the one day. Um, which match were you doing today? Were you on? Were you on the Wozniacki match? Or were you doing something I else? No, I was doing Stan. Um, so what was going on there? Because he he went two sets to Love Dan, and that match has been held overnight, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, in the end, the story was about the rain and that being the the big talking point. Because going into going into that point, you know, I thought the story was going to be Vavrinka loses. Sadly, you know, he. Um, he lost the first two sets. Uh, he actually was he had four set points, consecutive set points in the first set tiebreak. Didn't take any of them. Lost the last one with a dead net cord. And 
his face after. You know, it's that brilliant thing in tennis, this convention that you have to apologise. Fabiano didn't want to apologise. It was the most unconvincing apology you'd ever see, but he's got to do it. Vavrinka looked like he wanted to throttle him. Uh, they changed ends. That was at 6 all. Then Fabiano nicked the, nicked the breaker, won the second set, and then it stopped. The match was stopped at... Fabiano serving stay in the third set, 5-6, 15-40 down, saves the two set points, and then at juice, with the rain pouring, I mean, it had to stop. And there's a great shot of Avrinka kind of pleading with Jake Garner, the umpire, saying, you know, can we carry on? He had the momentum at that point. He was starting to get inspired, wasn't he? Yeah, and, and the crowd love him here. You know, you saw it against Dimitrov uh, on centre court on, uh, on Monday. You know, it, it's almost like he's an honorary Brit. Maybe with Murray out, you know, we need another kind of injury hit uh, three-time Grand Slam winner to root for. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, he was and really fired up as well. You know, when Stan gets that kind of Stanimal mode. Gets everybody else going, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So the crowd were loving him. Fabiano, he was quite vocal as well and had some Italians there supporting him. So it was good, you know, really good atmosphere. But uh, just a shame that it ended when it did. Well, also, I think it hurts. I think Stan realises it hurts his hopes because he has to get inspired. He, and he, he, you know, what is it Federer calls him? Diesel, mm. he calls him, because it takes him a while to get going. But once he does, you know, he doesn't stop. And the problem of it, of it carrying on overnight, really, is... He's got to get this set to give himself, not only to stay in the match, but to give himself time to get into that fourth set. It had that feel, actually. Watching it, you did think if he got the third, he could sweep that momentum into the fourth, and then it could be they they could have been in a decider very quickly. Yeah, as it is now, Fabiano can think about it a bit and rest up. It's hard to say, though, who will benefit more, because obviously Vavrinka's had a lot of injuries, Will that harm him that he's got to play two days in a row or will it help him that he doesn't have to play potentially five sets straight? We'll find out. I was over on centre court for most of the day. Uh, I did the Federer match second up, which was just a breeze. It was just like the first round. Uh, he was up against Lucas Lachko, who's who's a very talented player, but just not somebody that, that, that seems to discomfort Federer in any way. They've played each other three times at slams and all of them have been straight sets. Federer... He does have a draw here that just suits him down to the ground, it seems to me. I mean, that could change. He's up against uh, Jean-Lenard Struff next, who's now come back consecutively from two sets to love down twice to win in five. This one, 13-11 against Ivo Karlovic. Big server. Will come in. Will have a go. But, I don't know, all of this just feels tailor-made for Federer to me. Yeah, and it has the slight feel of you know, all the talk at the World Cup of good draws and bad draws, you know, different halves. It feels like Federer is definitely in the good half of the draw. Um, you know, lots of players in that bottom half who you think are those kind of, you know, dangerous players to play. You look at that half, Federer, besides Chilich, who won't play until the semi, I can't see anyone really hurting Federer that much. But just to word on today, I mean, he won 35 straight points on serve. How mad is that? 35 straight points uh, in a run of, what was it, eight service holds, eight love holds on a serve in a row. I mean, it was was scary watching it. Uh, Particularly, I I always think, because he doesn't have a bullet serve. You know, he's not... Milos Raonic was hitting 148 miles an hour today. You, you, you're not seeing Federer get within 20 miles an hour of that, but he's racing through service games in 35 seconds. Yeah, Tim Henman was saying he thought it was the most effective serve in the history of the sport, which is hard to disagree with. And, yeah, it's the rapidity of it. I mean, I was trying to get the stats, but couldn't, um, of how long each player spent serving in that Struve-Federer match, because it felt like... 
And I think the figures would back this up. You know, Federer was racing through in about a minute, and it was straight back to Struff again. And Lachko. Sorry, Lachko. Um, Struff next. <laughs> Struff next. Yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. Struff's got to suffer next. <laughs> yeah, I, I think... Uh, I, I got the names wrong there, but that may be prophetic because I think Struff will have a similarly tricky time. And it, coming off the back of that five-setter, I mean, lamb to the slaughter. You feel. Yeah, it's a big ask, isn't it? And you mentioned Chilich. That was the other match I was on today. And, and as, uh, as you say, we're sort of looking at that as a semi-final. Same time. First of all, Chilich has got to come through this one. He's 6-3, up against Guido Pella. And then they came off... Uh, slightly bizarre circumstances I thought on court one where every other match had been stopped because of this this intermittent rain and they actually kept the players out there on on court number one for quite a bit of time afterwards just sort of looking up at the skies and saying look well we think it might stop and then at three all they said look go and play another game and it was pretty dark out there at that time they played another game Chilich slipped quite nastily at about 30 all then got broken and then they left the court so I mean I hope he's okay but but it was it was slightly strange circumstances yeah it took on a slightly farcical edge when they came back on for the the final resumption and had about 10 minutes of sort of standing around Chilich was even laughing because he was kind of doing these runs on the spot he looked like a sort of kid on school sports day <laughs> it didn't look like an elite athlete and the crowd were kind of cheering him and obviously then it took a slightly more serious turn as you say because he slipped and could have hurt himself quite badly and it was strange because they came out and restarted twice during which time Vavrinka didn't come back at all so I don't know if it was that the weather was extremely localized or the courts were just had handled the rain slightly differently but it did make for a slightly strange spectacle because you had some courts playing and some not and no one really knowing what was going on. I'd still be very surprised if we saw Chilich even stretched to a fourth set even though he's a breakdown here I suppose Pella might come out and just serve really well, and that's the end of that set. But four three up, Chilich just there's a there's a feeling of reliability about him, and and I I think it was um it was Mars McLagan in our commentary box that said there's a steal about him right now that that even wasn't there when he reached the final last year. You don't feel that he's gonna he's gonna suffer too much against anybody. Even the top players, you feel as though he can give a good account of himself now. Yeah, there's a real murmuring I think certainly in the, the press room that you know Chilich is the one to watch a lot of people think he's going to win the tournament um, what do you think I, I think he's got a really good chance I certainly think if anyone's going to beat Federer it feels like him you know how often in tennis it almost like how Andy Murray did it just took him that bit of time to fully believe and he had to have those heartbreaks and it, it does have that sense that Chilich's time I know he's won one Grand Slam before but to do it here um it feels like his time is coming, so I certainly wouldn't be at all surprised if he beat Federer. Simon has said he will and will win the title. Come on, Charlie. Yeah, I know. But Simon, uh, he's made a lot of predictions, and he, you know, he well, he, he, if you make enough, <laughs> this is my theory. If you make enough, even if you do say Petrovic and Slane Stevens will reach the final and play each other like I did, you know, there'll probably be another one to fall back on. <laughs> he's got to keep making the same prediction. That's the key. Uh, yeah, go on then. He'll win it. He'll. Sweep all before him, majestically uh, beating either Djokovic or Nadal in the final. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? The the one outlier there for me, though, is Raonic, because he's serving so well suddenly. Um, poor old John Millman came on the radio with us, and he, he said, you know, I, I, he was serving them right at me. They were in my strike zone, and I still couldn't even see them because they were going so fast. Um I tend to feel that Chilich has just got a better all-round game and will probably be able to handle it somehow. 
Yeah, and I think the fitness we still worry about, Raonic. There have been so many false dawns. You know, he was talking about this in his press conference today. He said he feels fine, but you know, he is going to say that. We've heard him say that before, and then he pulls out the next match, and that would be the big question mark I would have against him. He's he's got the game. You know, he's done it on grass before. Queen's finalist, Wimbledon finalist, and. It's funny because when he, I was watching the start of that match against Milman and when he was serving that well, I think his first three uh, service games were love holds. And you just thought, whoever he's playing, that's going to be really, really hard. But then when he does play against people like Federer, he just doesn't seem to quite serve as effectively. I don't know if it's just that Federer and those guys are much better returns or if there's a bit, he puts a bit more pressure on himself. But, you know, it's, it is another challenge serving that well in the really big matches. Yeah, I, I would say that Federer reads serves better than anybody else and, and he's able to just manipulate them back into court and I think it and, and actually it happened in the Wimbledon final when Murray beat Raonic too it gets to the point where Raonic is thinking well I've already hit them 140 miles an hour I'm going to have to hit them even harder and even closer to the line and then you, you, you're pushing your luck then aren't you and you're so used to getting all those three points it's very alarming that suddenly wait a minute that that should be an ace I've just hit a serve 140 plus that should not be coming back and then it is and you're having to take this extra shot and I think it's you're kind of panicking a little bit yeah you are you are now the rest of centre court today I mean it was it was we, we remarked on it on the podcast last night Charlie the scheduling generally it was two women's matches to one men's match on both the show courts that doesn't happen very often and it, it was an interesting move and actually one one note that I got on on Twitter from, from one of our listeners did did point out to me now because I, I was all for sort of you know maybe this is the moment that that uh, that Wimbledon has had a little think and thought right actually we do need to we do need to equal this up and we're going to do so quietly in our own way um somebody did point out to me but actually the other thing might be that it's really hot and they're going to save the courts by not having as many five set matches on them that's an interesting I haven't checked this out but I'm going to go and find Tim Hemman one day <laughs> and see what what gives that's an interesting take on it I mean yeah, there was a staggerance first time in 25 years that on the six main courts there were more uh, women's matches than men's matches. So it's been a long time and it did feel like quite a significant step. I think as well, the, the, the main thing for me on that gender issue is that it just felt completely merited today. You know, I think there was no sense that this was done as a, any sort of gesture they just were the more interesting matches, I think. They were so well. The, the first match was Carolina Pliskova against Victoria Azarenka, and and that is on paper a very good match. Actually, Pliskova handled Azarenka surprisingly straightforwardly. Yeah, I mean that's two former world number ones. You know, why wouldn't you put that on on one of the main courts? Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a surprising scoreline. I mean, probably slightly disappointingly in a way for the schedulers because you want a match like that I guess to to go long and sort of justify the billing but as it was Pliskova was really consistent and she's another one you know who typically has done very poorly here even worse than Wozniacki and maybe it's finally her time she's got the game for it definitely yeah she should have I still feel even though she's reached the Grand Slam final that we should have seen more from Karolina Pliskova so far in her career later on on that court Serena Williams was was in action and I mean okay it was it was a match that you would expect her to win but she she was clearly happier with her performance today than she was a couple of days ago and she just looks like she belongs out here. She's not playing doubles here. So that, that takes that element of away that we had at, at the French Open. She was a lot better today than on Monday, moving so much better. You know, she looked, she looked 
really good, really positive. That she was playing quite an awkward opponent. You know, it's it's a bit like when England beat Panama six 0 You know, yes, it's you're not playing the best, but it was still a better, far better than average performance. That one from Serena today, she looked impressive. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Charlie Eccleshare currently just having to whip away the flying ants that are descending from above uh, in this incredibly cloudy sky. It is dark at the moment. It feels as we're at 9.45 at night. I mean, obviously, this is even later than the Wimbledon final of 10 years ago. But, I mean, you would not be able to see a tennis ball right now coming towards you, would you? No. I mean, it's, it, it's very, very dark here. We, we are pretty much, we're basically the only people left in uh, Wimbledon I mean, we could you know imagine if you, you were an invi- yeah. if you were if you ever thought about what it'd be like to be invisible if you could walk you could walk around now and go in all sorts of places that you're not supposed to we're not going to do it Wimbledon <laughs> all right I'm only, I'm only sort of you know imagining it's hypothetical but anyway uh, it looks it looks very very dark and uh, and, and the, the lights are still on indoors and our colleagues are still writing away what will the story be today Charlie because it's an interesting one because I mean obviously the space is taken up at the moment in in the Telegraph by the football I mean it's just such a remarkable story and euphoria last night and so forth and today I imagine it'll be follow-ups and all the rest of it where does tennis sit and and what 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 will tennis look like in the paper we've still got a fair amount of space um the the sports section is a lot bigger during the World Cup to kind of accommodate. So there is space. The thing that they loved was Wozniacki and the flying ants. You know, you've got a you know a, a Grand Slam champion is one thing, and then throw in some flying ants, and wow, what a, what a story! You know, everyone loves them. They also really like the rain. You know, the the rain that I've been writing on the Stan and Chilich. You know, descending into farce. You know, people love rain and they love ants. That's people love that. rain and ants. I believe so. The no. Brits. This is this is what we are, people. That's the thing. We ha- we're in this heat wave, but 
rain has to be a factor, doesn't it? Yeah, Goran Ivanisevic once said to me in one of his favourite put-downs, you British people, all you know about is tea and rain. Thanks, Goran. So... What else has happened today? Anything else of note? Katie Swan was the only British player in the singles, wasn't she? And she, she met her match today and then some. Yeah, a bit of a reality check and also a reality check for those journalists who spent all day yesterday researching about her, <laughs> carefully crafting this piece, saying how wonderful she is, and then she loses the first set six love. But that's the, that's the job, that, uh, the industry that we're in. Yeah, it, 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 She made the second set competitive, didn't she? She, she was actually, th- I think... Th- Four one down or something like that. She got back to four three, and she made it competitive. But it's it's another little insight into to what's still to come for her. Yeah, I think enough to feel really positive. Buzanescu, wasn't it? Yeah, who she was yeah. playing? Who was a wily player? Very good. I mean, she she looked a cut above having beaten Begu, who's the world thirty six. You know, and we thought, wow, that's a great result. But uh, yeah, a cut above today, just more sort of court smarts. You know, she her angles were really good. She constructed the points really cleverly, but it's, it's easy to forget. Someone's only nineteen, you know, yeah. and, and this will be a huge boost for her. I think because she had that, she was only fifteen when she got to the Australian Open Juniors final. So it feels, I mean, she was so young then, so it feels like she's a bit further along. But this will be great for her, and she's got a lot of potential. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. Today we had in our commentary box on BBC Five Live, we had Laura Robson with us for a couple of matches, and you know, it was hard not to just get a little bit nostalgic really and we actually talked to her about 10 years ago and and the fact she won the junior title here that year that Nadal and Federer played that incredible final and and it is it is pretty heartbreaking to know what's happened to to Laura um since then obviously she had those incredibly good results when she beat um Kim Clijsters at the US Open and Lee Nar and then she beat Petra Kvitova at the Australian Open I mean these are proper players she was beating back in 2012 and 2013 early on then and then she had that awful wrist injury which basically cost her two and a half years of her entire career and more maybe three years of her career and She's never rebuilt it since then, unfortunately. Hopefully one day she will, but tomorrow she's going to go and have hip surgery, which, well, that's that's not a nice thing to have to go through. Wish her all the very best. But, uh, yeah, hopefully Katie Swan doesn't have that sort of run of injuries. I think she's had her own ill health to deal with over the last year or two. Um, as has Katie Bolter, who's going to be in action tomorrow. She's had some, some ill health, but... Another great big stride for her because she's into a second round, although it's Naomi Osaka of Japan, huge hitter tomorrow. And I would have thought pretty unlikely that she's going to get the win in that one. Yeah, I think probably similar odds to what Swan faced today. And I think a, you know, being competitive would would be a a not bad result. She obviously won't go in with that mindset. Um, She was... She talked to a few of my colleagues earlier. I think she was quite guarded, I think staying focused on, on the match at hand. And it's strange, actually, I'm pretty sure Osaka's actually younger than her, which is a bit of a reminder of, you know, how far she has to go because Osaka has obviously achieved so much in such a short space of time. But a difficult match against Osaka, who, as you say, is a very, very powerful player. That match is first on, on court number two, I think, at, at, at 11.30. So that's the, the early one for, for Casey Bolter. We'll watch that one with interest. And it is a Brit day tomorrow, isn't it? Because uh, there's also uh, Johanna Conta in action against Dominika Sibylkova tomorrow. And then Kyle Edmund is also up against Bradley Klan, I think, of the United yeah. States. I don't, I don't know too much about him. Those two matches are on centre court after Rafa 
Alexander Dallas played against Mikhail Kukushkin from one o'clock. So that's your centre court order of play tomorrow. What what do you think about those two British players? I mean, let's assume really that Nadal is going to come through. But what what do you think about the two British players there? Contra against Sybil Kova, who's the player who got knocked out of the seedings by Serena Williams and uh, and and Kyle Edmund. I would be not at all surprised if Conta lost that. Um, I think she is in a bit of a difficult patch at the moment. I know she's had some slightly better results on the grass, but to me she doesn't look the player that she was a year ago. Um, she, and maybe this is just because of how she is with the media, but she seems a little bit passive-aggressive, not entirely happy with how she's been written about. And I, I just don't think she's in as good a place mentally as well as she was a year ago Sybil Kova is a a really horrible opponent to get you know effectively a seeded player as early as the second round former Australian Open runner-up from a few years ago so it's a tough one for you know it's just the sort of match she does you know it's always the way isn't it when you're really desperate for confidence and maybe a, a kind draw you get exactly the opposite so I think that won't be tricky. I think Edmund will win quite easily. Uh, yeah, th- this guy, uh, probably the biggest match of his life, isn't it? Bradley Klan, um, a United States player who's been playing for a, a while. He's what, he's ranked outside the top 100, I think, isn't he? Yeah, I think 168. He's 27, another one of many who came through the college system. A player who's been on the Challenger Tour uh, for most of his career. The thing with Edmund, unless you've got big weapons, it's, it's tough because then the match... Been- if he's on. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, if he's on, the match is played on his terms. And, you know, grass is the hardest surface to defend on. So it's really difficult once he gets the upper hand, as he did to Alex Bolt on, on Tuesday. Feels a bit to me like Edmund is almost where Conta was a year ago. Obviously, he's younger, but the, he's just sort of building these blocks, this foundation to his game. And, and here she seems, I don't know, I think it works for him that England's football team are doing what they're doing because Carl's a big football fan he's sort of buying into all that as well he, it's England against Sweden next he's got a Swedish coach so he's having a bit of fun with that and I don't know I just feel as though he's he's playing this right at the moment and he's not he's never going to be one who who really builds his own hopes up but he's saying I think the right sort of things he believes in his own ability now there's there's no longer this sort of slightly embarrassed to be there look about him which sometimes I used to get the sense that there was he he's kind of owning the situation he's become more of an alpha male which was you know one of the things that Freddie Rosengren deliberately targeted it was something that Kevin Anderson worked on last year as well it's a big thing and um yeah, it makes a big difference, and he should be. You know, he's got this big imposing physique. He's six foot three, I think. You know, he's a big, strong guy with a huge, huge game. And as soon as he started believing in himself, the results came, and he's, he can bully players, you know, in a really brutal way with that forehand. And he could play Djokovic in the third round if they both get through. I mean, I know my mind's running away with me. What else have we got on court one tomorrow, Charlie? Because that's your centre court lineup. It's Nadal against Kukushkin, then it's Conta against Sybil Kova. It's Edmund third up against uh, Bradley Klan. What have we got on court one? So court one starts the resumption of Chilich Pella, so we don't know how long that's going to take, obviously. And then Halep, uh, who's on center on Tuesday she's against uh, Zheng then Del Potro Feliciano Lopez that's a fun match isn't it and then another fun match uh, Taylor Fritz against Alex Zverev um, and it's a good order of play for them yeah. yeah I mean well again this kind of speaks to that much stronger on the men's side anyway bottom half where you've got a lot of these guys you know Zverev Del Potro these are tricky play- you know they're players that 
have got at least a semi-final, a final in them potentially. Uh, Del Potro Lopez could have a slight exhibition-y feel about it. You know, mm. those are two very... Could go on a while as well, that. <laughs> well, what about court two? After Bolter has played at 11.30, anybody else of note out there? Well, a certain 12-time Grand Slam champion Novak Djokovic is on court two. Really? Yeah. I wonder when the last time, last time that was. That's... I mean, yeah. I think it's. I think it might have happened actually last year. You know, because and maybe I'm wrong about that, but but I sort of feel as though it did. Um, uh, we'd have to have a look, but I wonder how he'll feel about that. Yeah, I mean, I think you know he's he's had this slight chip on his shoulder, hasn't he, about the fact that of the big four, he sometimes. I wrote a piece on, you know, where is the love for Novak Djokovic? And this might, he may not say it publicly, but I reckon that would irk him quite a lot. Who's he got? Uh, Horacio Zabelos. Okay. Well, we'd, we would think he would have that one, wouldn't we? So there, it's Edmund against Djokovic. We've already picked that. <laughs> Let's hope it comes true. Quickly, what are, what well, are the rest? There's then a, re- a really fun and interesting match. Bernard Tomic against Kane Shikori. And if Tomic wins that, and if Nick Kyrgios wins his match, those two play in the third round. Ooh, where's Kyrgios playing? How fun would that be? Yeah, that'd be good. Let's find Kyrgios. He's on court three uh, against Robin Harser, which, yeah, that could be a good match as well. Kyrgios Ooh. was on court 12 the other day. So he's, you know, he's keeping him on those courts which he's kind of happy with isn't he you know he gets big support there and he can mess around have a bit of fun this is awesome right okay well that's the that's the order of play for tomorrow it, it, I, I can barely see charlie on the broadcast roof at the moment it's so dark now it's 10 o'clock at night we're the last ones here and i'm going to go and have a bit of a snoop about because i mean you know when else do you get to do something like that charlie eccleshire lovely to have you with us as always thank you very much and we will be back no doubt with charlie at some point during the fortnight Catherine whittaker will be back with us tomorrow uh, we've been the tennis podcast brought to you in association with the telegraph we've been sponsored by amazon prime the home of the u.s open in the uk from next month and we are of course brought to you in association with our executive producers melanie bows tennisballs.com triple s we're sponsored by the manga club as well and of course our mascot is charlie the ferret we'll see you tomorrow hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20 percent off your first order and a free cat toy terms and conditions apply see site for details Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 